guys, I want to start off tonight by telling you it was such a blessing to be at the River Campus this morning. I was there at the 11 o'clock service. We had a great crowd, great service, and we also baptized the lady today. Can we give God praise for that tonight, guys? What a blessing that is. Hey, guys, uh, do y'all have that film of the baptism tonight? Do you have it, Kev? Turn the lights off. Let's watch this, guys. It's our baptism at the River Campus. Now, y'all got to say to walk up those steps and get in this baptismal pool. Uh, you got bad knees, a lot of things, but guys, here she is in this baptismal God bless you, and you've asked Jesus in your heart, and today is a very special day for your testimony to ring out throughout the world that you're not who you used to be. That God has changed your life because you've invited Christ in your heart. Because of your confession of faith, Miss Paulette, are you ready to be baptized? Amen. 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 Let's bow together and pray. I baptize thee, my sister, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Miss Paulette, you'll never be the same again. Blessing, y'all. Hey, hey, guys, I got to tell you, that, that's Miss Paulette. I think her name is Ottman. Is that right? Uh, her last name. And I'm going to tell you, she's got bad knees on both her knees. And I'm going to tell you, it was a lot of work for her to walk up those steps and to get in that baptism and to walk down those steps and to get in that baptismal pool. I just got to say, praise God for Miss Paulette. Can I get an amen? What a blessing that was. Tonight, I want to ask you if you would, let's bow together and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, tonight we're so grateful, God, that on this Sunday night, God, we know that there's a, it's cold outside, God, but I'm, I'm just so thankful, God, that when I look out in the sanctuary tonight and I see many, many people that have gathered together, God, they could have made a choice to stay at home, but they didn't. And God, I want to thank you for that. And I pray, God, that you will speak to our heart tonight. God, thank you for the worship. Thank you for what uh, we've already experienced. Thank you, Lord, that we sang that song, that there is no other name but Jesus, God. There's power in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for that, Lord. And so tonight, God, I just give you praise praise and glory. Uh, God, I know that you're doing a work in our church. I know, God, uh, that you're ministering in a lot of ways in our, in our congregation. And God, tonight, I know that there's a lot of people that's sick in our congregation. And Father, I pray uh, that the great physician will touch their life. God, we want to not only thank you for what you're going to do, but God, we want to thank you for what you've done. I want to thank you, God, for the great report of Denise this week. And God, how you answered prayer. I was touched uh, last Sunday as people gathered around her to pray. And God, I'm, I'm convinced uh, that, Lord, you did a supernatural work in her life, and I praise you for that. And so, God, tonight, I just want to tell you, God, that I'm a firm believer, God, that you are a God above all others, that there is no other God but you, God, and you're all-powerful. And God, I thank you for what you're doing, Father. And Lord, tonight, I pray that as we open the Word of God, that you will speak to us tonight as our whole church is corporately involved in the Daniel fast. I pray, God, that you will bless this church because of that. And Lord, we love you to Tonight, I pray that you allow your servant to speak and to all the praise and all the glory go to Jesus for it's in his name we pray and all of God's people said amen if you have your Bible 
and I hope that you do. Uh, would you take your copy of God's Word and open it up to the book of Acts tonight? Uh, I'm sure you've got your outline, and I know that a lot of you are involved in the Daniel fast. I don't know who all's doing it. I don't know who all's involved in that, uh, but I do know a lot of you are involved in the Daniel fast. And we've been talking about contentment on Sunday morning, and one of the things that we discussed on Sunday morning about contentment is contentment is a learned discipline uh, that we have to learn how to spiritually discipline ourselves. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, going on the Daniel fast is certainly a discipline. Can I get an amen? And when I looked at that, and, and I, we, Denise and I have been involved in that, uh, you know what? It's been a blessing to be able to see what God is doing, y'all. And, and I was thinking the other day uh, that right in the middle of the Daniel fast, when we we're going to go get the report from the doctor and all that stuff, isn't God amazing, y'all, uh, that right in the middle of a Daniel fast, God has done a miracle. And I just want to start off tonight by asking y'all, is there anybody else in here that's been in the Daniel fast that would say, man, God's done some great things in your life? Anybody uh, that you could share that with? Isn't God good, y'all? And thank God for that tonight. But I want you to take your Bible tonight as we study under the sermon title tonight, uh, Prayer and Fasting in a Spiritual Church. Uh, you know, in our world today, a lot of people don't talk about fasting. Uh, that's kind of something that's way out there. Uh, you know, we either say, well, you know what, that's something that Pentecostals do, or, or maybe it's something that my mom did, or I heard about it years ago. Uh, but I'm telling you it's still in the Bible, y'all, uh, that we ought to pray and fast together. You know, prayer is connecting with God. How many of y'all believe that? It, it, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. The great apostle Paul said to us and admonished us that we are to pray without, you know, ceasing. That, that our prayer, our heart ought to connect with God. The Bible says that Jesus himself has ascended into heaven the Bible says that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever living to do what, church? Make intercession for us. The Bible says that we are to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Isn't it wonderful to know that our Father invites us to come into his presence? Isn't it amazing to think about, y'all, think about this for just a moment. If I were to say to all of us tonight, right now, and I'm not saying it, but if I were to, if if I were to say, let's take a moment and every head were to bow and every eye were to close and I want you to start praying. Are you listening to me? Say amen. amen. All right, now remember I said, if I said that. I didn't say that, but if I said that, Jacob. If I said, I want everybody in here tonight, I just want you to do this for me. I want everybody in here tonight to, to bow your head and close your eyes and start praying. Are you listening to me? Say amen. amen. Do you know what we would be doing, y'all? we'd be connecting to the third heaven. We, we would be able to sit in our pews where we are and connect with God. Isn't that awesome, y'all? And so when we think about that, we could do that tonight. We could say right now, bow your head, close your eyes, and connect with the third heaven. And God would say, you're welcome. Come on up here. Come on in here. I want to hear what's on your heart. I want you to talk to me. That's the power of prayer, everybody, that we get to talk to our Father. Can I get an Amen. Now, when we put the two together, prayer and fasting, now we know that prayer connects us with God. That's what it's all about. So what in the world is fasting, and does that make us a spiritual church? And I believe it does. I believe that when we fast, we're able to go into some place in our own personal lives that all of a sudden we're saying no to some of our flesh, 
And all of a sudden, we're getting our eyes off these things that this world has to offer, and we're saying no to my desires, and, and yeah, would I like a barbecue? Oh, bet, bet me on that. Would, would I like some fried chicken? Listen, guys, listen to me. If you don't eat fried chicken, you're not called into the ministry. And, and I'm going to tell you, right now, just fried chicken, just, you know, all that stuff. But you know what? I believe that, that sometimes you have to say, God, wait a minute. Uh, you know, Brother Jackie, wait a minute. Flesh, wait a minute. Let's connect with our Father. And, and how many of y'all believe this? The world is out there to distract us. Can I get an amen? And I want to ask you another question, y'all. Now, y'all got to be honest. You're in church, Jeff. Listen, how many of you believe your appetite sometimes distracts you? Uh, can I get an amen? Look at your neighbor and say, he must be talking about you, amen. Because you know what? Sometimes your appetite distracts you uh, from God. Can I get an amen, Brother Rick? Sometimes I just, uh, you know, our hung, our, listen, when you're hungry and you want that food, you know, and you really do, and you really come after that food, and you go, man, I can't wait for the preacher to shut up so I can make it to Cracker Barrel, and I can do all those things. But, you know, you know when, you're, when you're hungry, I've learned this in the fast, that, that when I really get down in here, when, I, when my, myself starts saying, feed me, I, I want to be able to discipline myself to say, you know what, that's God calling me. That's God calling me to him. That's God calling me to come closer to him. So, so right now I'm starving, so God must be calling me to a deeper walk with him. Uh, the, the early church was under persecution. And when you study your Bible in the book of Acts, if you'll open it up there, you'll notice in, in, uh, in the book of Acts, you start finding the sequence of what God is up to. I love, I love it when God's up to something. You remember in the book of Acts, we, we realize that, that Jesus gave the promise and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will receive uh, power and you'll be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And all of a sudden, the, church, the gospel began to be spread. And when you study your Bible, we'll look at that scripture in just a moment, but when you study your Bible and you begin to follow the sequence of the book of Acts, it is the Acts of the Apostles, and you begin to study that, and you begin to look there together, and it's almost as if a story begins to come alive to you. Uh, all of a sudden, we see the birthing of the church, and, and one of the things I want to focus on before I get to that scripture is uh, King Herod was persecuting the church, and the church was going through hard times. And, and you remember, in, if you'll notice in your Bible, you remember in, in chapter 12, uh, they killed James, and they imprisoned Peter. And in the imprisonment of the Peter, uh, the angel delivered him upon the prayers of the church. Peter was in prison and, and the church started praying because they were under persecution. It's almost as if in this time, the more the devil worked, the harder the church prayed. The, the more the problems came, the more, uh, the more intimate the church got with God. And, and you know what I've learned in church? Sometimes, sometimes you can take God's blessings for granted. Sometimes when you have people getting saved every Sunday and people, and by the way, thank God for the couple that joined this morning. Can I get an amen? Uh, you know, when you see that happening, it's almost, and I don't want to tell y'all y'all do this, but some of you do. A lot of times you take the work of God for granted. And, and it's almost as if sometimes when you start going through hard times, that's when you start praying more. 
That's when you get on your knees more. That's when you get serious more. That's, that's when you, God drives you down some. And you start calling out to him. And that's what was happening in, in the book of Acts, Brother Benny. They were, they were under persecution. And when they were under persecution, they started crying out to God. And, and, and watch this. I know this is not in your notes, but it's important to write it down. The church believed in God. They started believing that our God can do anything. If Peter's in prison and we know he's there, guess what we ought to do, church? Pray. And when we pray, God will do something, y'all. What a season it is in our church to believe that God's going to do something. I'm going to tell you, I believe it, y'all. I believe our God's going to do something. I believe it with all of my heart. I really do. So you find in chapter 12 of the book of Acts, all of a sudden, uh, a lot of things are happening and Herod dies and Paul and Barnabas now is going to be ordained as missionaries to the Gentile world in chapter uh, 13. They started praying and seeking God again. God, what do you want us to do? And, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 13 and verse number 2, uh, don't miss this, y'all. Whatever you do, don't miss this. They ministered to the Lord. You know, I, I was thinking about that tonight. I wonder how many of y'all minister to the Lord already. I wonder how many of you just worshiped God. You know, we sang songs. We did all that, Brother Randy, and what a great job you did. Thank you for, for worship, leading our worship. And Brother Randy went back a couple of times tonight and just said, look, it's not about lights. A lot of people get all weirded out about all that stuff. They get weirded out about what kind of songs you're singing. But Brother Randy made it a point tonight to go back tonight and say, wait a minute, look at what you're saying. Look at the words you're supposed to be singing. And when you do that, all of a sudden, the words become real to you and they become meaningful to you. And you know what? Some people like Southern Gospel. Some people like this. Some people like that. I've learned a long time ago. Are you listening? You can't satisfy everybody. You know, there's one person we ought to be trying to satisfy him. Can I get an amen? Satisfy him. And I've learned this in my life. Whether we're singing, uh, you know, we'll be traveling on or whatever we sing, you know, banjo music or harmonica music or keyboard music or, or, or whatever it may be, I've learned this, that when I'm over here, it's about me and God. It's not about me and you, it's about me and Him. And I'm going to sing, I feel like traveling on when they sing it. And I'm going to sing whatever they were doing their thing to. I'm going to sing it. I'm going to sing it to God, y'all, because I want to minister to Him. I came in here tonight to minister to Him. And when you start worshiping Him, it was amazing that they added something to it, Brother Rick. They fasted. They, they brought something to God that was selfless. They brought something to God that, that they were so wanting to connect with God, they fasted. And, and I'm telling you guys, when I read that scripture, it says, when they worshiped and they fasted, guess what? The Holy Ghost showed up. Can I get an amen? We sang a song tonight called Holy Ghost Come. Good night. Don't you want that? Yeah. I wish I had the words back on the screen because uh, it said, listen, Holy Spirit, fall fresh on me again. You, you know, sometimes we get so locked into church stuff, coming and going, the, the same old thing all the time, that sometimes we need a fresh touch from God, y'all. And the Bible goes on and it says, separate them to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work for the work that I've called them to do. 
And what we're going to see is a harvest, and we're going to see uh, God doing a fresh thing and, and God using people to serve Him. And that's what we've been praying for. So tonight, I wanted to take you through just a couple of things, and I'm going to take you through quickly tonight because I know some of you need to go turn your heaters on. So, so I want to go through it kind of quickly to get with you tonight. And this will be uh, kind of the last time that we talk about this subject at this time. But I do want to remind you while you're getting ready for point number one that Daniel Cruz will be in concert next Sunday night. Y'all do me a favor, invite everybody to come. Don't, don't, let's pack the place out, y'all. Uh, let's, be, let's be good stewards of our visitors. Let's make sure uh, that we're here to support that. Can I get an amen? Uh, people say, well, Brother Jack, you're not preaching. I'm just going to stay at home. The devil will get you if you do that. Uh, you don't need to do that. You need to bring your friends. Look, what a great time to invite your coworkers and your friends. They, you can say this to them. Look, it's not going to be preaching. We'll have a great concert. Invite all your friends and all your neighbors to come be with us Sunday night. But let's look at point number one, and that is the purpose of fasting. A lot of people have asked me, uh, Brother Jackie, why are y'all fasting? Why are you doing that? Uh, why are you going, why did you call a Daniel fast? Why, 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 why? And I want to go on record to tell you this. I don't take, I don't step into calling a fast lightly. I really pray about it, and I really seek God with that. So, so when, you see, when you look at Brother Jack and he says, hey guys, uh, I feel like the Lord has led us to do this, you can rest assured of one thing, God's done that. God's led us to do that. I don't just sit around and come up with stuff uh, because I like to eat too much. But, but the fact is, you know, I'm not just going to say, guys, let's do a fast. And, and I want to tell you this, and I don't want to beat you up, I don't wanna, but I wonder how many of you have partnered with us with that. Because, you know, if the pastor says, I feel like God's leading us to do a fast, I believe that we ought to at least say, I, I think I want to help with that. Because I believe God's up to something with that. Now, you don't have to fast just from food. You can fast from whatever you feel like is a distraction for you. But what is the purpose of fasting? And I, I wrote down four things that I think make sense with that. And there's a million others. You guys could come up with a lot of other points with this. But these are four or five that really speaks to my life. What is the purpose of fasting? So number one, the purpose of fasting, fasting always, to me, must be centered on true worship of God. You know, you've you got to fast because you want to get a closer walk with God. You want to worship Him. You want to, you want to make sure He's the centerpiece of your life when you're going through a fast. And so the book of Acts chapter 13 and verse number 2 says they ministered to the Lord. And then if you'll notice in Luke, Anna, uh, you know, when Simeon was, when Jesus was being uh, dedicated at the temple, uh, they were there and, and in that time they, they were at the temple. If you'll notice in verse number uh, Luke, if you'll go there uh, to the next scripture, it tells us in the book of Luke and there were one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel, uh, the tribe of Asher. And the Bible says she was of a great age, and she had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple. In other words, uh, she was in the temple worshiping all the time. And notice what she did, y'all. She served who? God, how? With fasting and prayer. And she did that day and night. So here we got a lady that's devout. She's a devout follower of Christ. And she really uh, d devotes her life 
to pursuing God, but the one thing that the Bible indicates to us about her is that she was known as a person who fasted and prayed. But notice in serving God, she empowered her serving because she fasted and prayed. Can you imagine that? That here's a lady that's devout and she's serving God. And in serving God, she's going, you know what? I'm going to be at the temple uh, day and night and I'm going to make sure uh, that, I, that I control my own flesh. And I'm going to fast and pray and that's going to empower me to serve God. So I'm a firm believer that when you start fasting and you make this a part of your worship, and I've seen this in my own life, your spiritual mind gets clearer. Uh, you begin to get spiritually strong. Uh, there's something that begins to happen in your worship when you start fasting and praying. And then I want you to notice that not only is fasting a true worship of God, fasting reveals things that control us, doesn't it? Uh, you know, you start fasting and, and all of a sudden you start realizing, Dadgum, this phone's been controlling me. Or you know what, I, I've been, I, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in feeding my own flesh than I am connecting with God. And so fasting reveals things that control us. It, it's, a cert, it's a good way to find out what's standing between you and your true worship. In Psalm 69 and verse number 10 it says, When I wept, and chastened my soul with fasting. That was to my reproach. Uh, David said, when I begin to fast, I begin to weep. Because if you study Psalm 69, he gave the indication that there was things that was distracting him, that, that was drawing him away from God. So fasting, to me, identifies things that somehow control our life. And I'm going to tell you all this. The world is standing to rally in a way to control the believer. Uh, you know what? They're not promoting Jesus. They're promoting everything else. And I'm going to be honest with you. And how many of you would be honest with me? That there's a lot of worldly things that seek into our life, right? Amen. We start letting that dominate us and, and, and control us. And then thirdly, the thing that kind of reminds me about fasting, fasting reminds us that we're not sustained by food alone. You know, we, we're, not, we're not here uh, to just gorge ourselves on food. We're not sustained by food, but rather we are sustained by God. God supplies our needs. God takes care of us. Jesus himself. I'm going to leave that up there for a minute while you, while you uh, wrote, write those things down. But you remember, uh, we, we, when you start studying Jesus, y'all know the scripture without me even putting it on the screen. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know, I believe that that's true. That we somehow think that we are going to survive just by food that we get. And I was telling uh, a couple this afternoon that I was meeting with, you know, I, I've said this to y'all often, and I think it's a good illustration, but, but don't take it literal. I've said this often that there's two dogs that live on the inside of us. There's a white dog and a black dog. And you know what? Uh, you, you look at your life, this black dog represents the flesh. And, and the white dog represents the spirit man. And you know what? Your black dog, if you feed him a lot and you don't feed this, the white dog, 
the black dog is going to become dominant, isn't he? And the, the white dog will be weak. Uh, you know, you feed this black dog the things of the earth and, and, and Big Macs and whatever, and you're just feeding this, this, this black dog on the inside of you, and you don't ever feed the white dog. The black dog becomes dominant and controlling. But if you start feeding the white dog, and you feed this white dog and you starve the black dog, guess what? The white dog becomes strong. And, and when you think about that, this analogy of the black dog and the white dog represents the spirit and the flesh. And when you look at your spirit man, your spirit man does not eat fried chicken. Your spirit man doesn't eat Big Macs. Your spirit man nourishes himself off what, church? The Word of God. How many of y'all ate today? I want to see your hand if you ate. How many of y'all ate more than once today already? How many of y'all ate this week a lot? Anybody? Can I get an amen? Well, you know what? Look at this, and I'm going to share them with them. Did you take time to read your Bible? Did you take time to, in, to intake the Word of God? Did you take time to feed that spirit man? Because you know what? If we think about it, our flesh says eat, 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 eat. You got to have breakfast. You got to have lunch. You got to have supper. You got to do this. You got to do that. But what about your spirit, man, that's, that's inside you, that's starving to death? That you never feed the spirit, man, the word of God. You never feed that spirit, man, what it will take to nourish him, to make him strong. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, if you'll notice in the scripture, it says, But he answered and said unto him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but rather by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know what? If you don't have a time in your life where you're taking in the word of God, you're not nourishing the, your spirit man with the word of God, you're never going to grow spiritually. You're never going to get spiritually healthy. You're always going to be weak in your spirit, man. Fasting allows us to focus on God and his word. What does God say? Then I want you to look at the next thing and write it down. Fasting to me is feasting. It's feasting. You know, you would say, Brother Jackie, how in the world can you say that? Well, to me, I believe I can say it because I'm convinced that when you're fasting and you're worshiping God, you're beginning to have a spiritual feast. Can I get an amen? You're, you're all of a sudden, your spirit man becomes alive and, and it's enriched because of that. John 4, 31 says, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you do not know of. Therefore said the disciples unto another, Has any man brought him anything to eat? Jesus said unto him, read it with me, everybody. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. <clears throat> How many of y'all would say, that's our purpose too? And you know what Jesus was saying? You know what? I can have a feast in my life because I'm doing the will of God. It's not about me eating this, this fleshly stuff, but I find fulfillment in serving my Father I find fulfillment in committing my life to him. Because of that, I'm having a feast because I'm doing the will of him who sent me. Are you doing that? Are you serving God in that capacity? And then the other thing, write it down quickly. Fasting helps us keep balance in life. Balance in life. Boy, I'm going to tell you, it's easy to get out of balance today. It really is. Fasting 
allows us to keep balance in my life. And that's what I want in my life. I want balance in my life. I believe that when you have balance, and you may want to write this down, I believe that when you have balance, you find contentment. But if your life is out of balance, you'll never be content. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, all things are lawful unto me, Paul says, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And what he's saying is this, you know what, I'm not going to be controlled by all this stuff. I'm not going to be dominant. This stuff is not going to be the master of my life. And what he was saying is, I'm going to make sure that in my life I'm going to have a balance. And I believe that fasting gives you that balance. The next scripture says it this way, but I keep under my body and I bring it under subjection. And lest that by any means when I preach the others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, I want to tell you this, guys. I believe that what Paul is saying is this, that i got to be a living example for people I preach to. In other words, I can't preach one thing and live something else. You know, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all believe that? How many of y'all believe that? How many of you would say that somewhere along the journey of your life, you haven't really been good to your body. Can I get an amen? You know what? It would be bad for me to teach you that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and me not do a little bit of work to try to make sure that my body does not obsess me, that, that I don't let my weight get way out of line, that I try to do something to make sure that, that yeah, we need to do all things in moderation. And you know what? Paul was saying, I can't tell you one thing and live something else because if I were to tell you this and I were to live something else, I have to learn. And I believe Paul had a battle with this. I believe he had a battle with it because he talked about it a lot of times. He said, you know what? I have to bring my body under subjection. Uh, there were times when Paul said, I beat my body. You know, I bring it under subjection. I, I want you to know that I'm trying to live what I preach to you. It would be bad for the pastor to say, I want to challenge you all to do a Daniel fast and him not do it. It'd be a bad thing for the pastor to say, you ought to be a tither and me not be a tither. It would be a bad thing for me to say, you know what, you ought to follow Jesus and I don't follow Jesus. You know what, that's called hypocrisy. And we as believers, we need to let the world know that we live what we teach and what we, what we preach. I want you to look at the next scripture. It says these words. If you'll notice what Paul says there, or David says in Psalms, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with what? Fasting, and my prayer returned to my own bosom. You know, I want to say this to you. If you're having problems with your prayer life, how many of y'all have ever had problems with your prayer life? I have. You want me to tell you how to fix it? Say how, Brother Jackie? Go on a fast. If you're struggling with your prayer life, go on a fast. And just say, Lord, I'm going to fast to you. I promise you, if you're struggling with your prayer life, your prayer life will come back alive if you'll go on a fast, if you'll start fasting to the Lord. Now, I want to give you just a couple of things about the practice of fasting. And these are just practical stuff. Uh, I'm not a master on this. I'm, I'm not the guru on this. 
Uh, I don't know all there is to know about this. There's people much smarter than I am about this. But just a couple things for you to write down. I believe if you're going to go on a fast, and this is, uh, this is information that you ought to take if, you, if you've never done fasting. If you've never done this, this is what you ought to consider. Begin with a partial fast of 24 hours once a week. If you've never done a fast and you, you feel like God's leading you to do it, just uh, begin with a partial fast uh, for 24 hours uh, for, for a period of that. Uh, what, what would you say to that? And I wrote this down so I wouldn't uh, lead you astray. For 24 hours, drink only water, but use healthy amounts of it. If family obligations permit it, devote the time you would normally be to eating to meditating and prayer. Do not call attention of what you're doing. Break your fast with fruits and vegetables. In other words, look at me and listen to me. You ain't going to starve to death if you go a day without eating. Can I get an amen? People go, I'm starving to death. No, you're not. Uh, you know what? Just If you want to go on a fast, start with a 24-hour fast. Drink water and just say, God, I'm going to pray and meditate on you. And then secondly... After a partial fast for about, uh, you know, uh, two to three weeks, uh, uh, you're, you're prepared to attempt a normal fast. Now, I just want to kind of talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, three to seven day uh, time, and by the way, that's uh, uh, for two or three weeks you are to prepare after doing a, a partial fast, then you're prepared to do what's known as a normal fast, uh, of 24 hours. And when you look there together, you'll begin to realize that, that in doing that, uh, your body will start adjusting. And a lot of things will start happening to you. Uh, you'll you'll kind of start detoxing yourself after a period of time. And then if you'll notice the next point, after a normal fast of 24 hours for two or three weeks, you're prepared to move to a normal fast of three days. That is, move from a 24-hour fast to, uh, to a three-day fast. And in doing that, you, you're kind of launching yourself uh, to do something. In three days, and I didn't know this, y'all, but I've learned this in my preparation, that in three days, your body starts ridding itself of toxins that you've stored up in your body. Now, if you don't believe that, you go ahead and go on a fast. Uh, how many of y'all drink coffee like crazy? Anybody in here? How about caffeine? Anybody in here do a caffeine thing? How about, how about chocolate and stuff like that? We all do that, right? Did you know that when you go on a fast in about three days, your body will start detoxing itself? And, and by the way, you can write this down. You will have withdrawals, symptoms. You, you get a headache. Uh, you know, you'll start saying, I'm not going to drink coffee. You'll get a headache. And you're my, for me, now I don't know about everybody else, but man, I feel like I got the flu. Uh, you know, my, my legs will start hurting. I start cramping up. Uh, it's just one of them things. Well, guess what? Your body is detoxing itself. And I've thought about this a lot. If my body detoxes myself in a fast like that, obviously that stuff ain't good for me, right? And so I start thinking about that, that in that fast. And then... Uh, I want you to remember the next point, and that is this. There are many benefits to a three- to seven-day fast. There's a lot of benefits to that. You're not going to die. You're not going to starve to death. But there's a lot of health benefits to that. 
You know, if your body's detoxing itself and is getting rid of all the toxins in your body, then obviously, every now and then, it's a good thing to do. That you would say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a fast to worship you, but folks, it's not only good for you spiritually, it's good for you physically. Can I get an amen? So, so remember that. Now, I want to give you quickly, how do you prepare for a fast? Uh, this is so important. And uh, the first thing I think you ought to do in preparing for fasting, anybody ought to want to take a shot at it? Say it out loud. Pray about fasting. Does God want you to do that? Does God want you to do that? Does God want you to go on a fast? What is the purpose of the fast? God, why are you calling me to that? Why are you directing me to that? Pray about it. Ask God, is, is it in God's will for you to go on a fast? Then secondly, meditate on Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. If you're going to go on a fast, you need to mark this in your, in your mind. Don't do it unless you're prepared for this. You know what it is? War. Uh, when you start, how many of y'all realize this? When you determine to get closer to God, the enemy's going to do everything he can do to hinder that. Can I get an amen? He's going to fight you with everything he's got. So Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Come on, read it with me, everybody. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the white whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Uh, that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand. Come on, help me. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to stand to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, and take on the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now, out front in our best of you out there, there is this. And I know a lot of you do this anyway, but I want to give you this tonight. You're welcome to go out there and pick these up. It's called the whole armor of God daily prayer. And on the back of this uh, little card, there is a prayer that you would pray every day. You get up in the morning, if you're going to go on a fast and, or you're thinking about your walk with God, you get up every morning and you read this. And you begin to let this sink in your spirit. I, I know that Peggy put it to music and you probably know it by heart by now. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you get this and you allow that to become that which regulates your life throughout the day. Because you know what? If you're going to go on the fast, the enemy is going to hate you. He's going to hate your guts. So you've got to get up every day and meditate on Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Thirdly, write this down. Eat light meals two days before you start a fast. I would not advise this. Don't say to yourself, I'm going to go on a fast. I need to go to the buffet uh, to, get, to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm stored up for this. Don't do that. Uh, if you don't do that, you'll be glad you didn't. 
So you know what? Eat light meals about two days before you start the fast. And if you're a coffee drinker, listen to me. If you're a coffee drinker or, in, or you've got caffeine in you, start not two days before, start a month before uh, so that you start getting off that stuff. Uh, you know, we started the fastest time. I'm a coffee drinker, y'all. I drink, I drink coffee. And I told Beth in, in December, I said, girl, you, you, make, you start weaning me off this coffee. Uh, you know, I, I normally drink cup, 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 cup. And I said to her, if I go into detox, it's going to be your fault. Uh, so you got to start waning me off that. Get that, you know, get that away from me a month before I start because I didn't want the symptoms that I had before. So you want to make sure you eat light meals two days before starting a fast. And then finally, if you have any medical problems, if you have any medical problems, seek advice from a credible physician. You know, don't just, if you've got issues that you battle with, don't just say, oh, I'm going to go on a fast because that may not work out good for you. Uh, if, you uh, if you've got some medical issues that you deal with, see your physician, tell him you'd like to go on a fast and what it's all about and ask him for his advice because he's going to regulate that for you to help you so that you don't throw your whole body out of sync. And, man, you don't want to do that. So if you've got medical issues, seek advice from a credible physician. Now, bottom line of this tonight is a good goal is to fast at least three days a month. Now, that's a good goal for you. Uh, now, you don't just fast to be fasting. You fast three days a month with worship as your true motive. That is, you're going to say to God, God... Uh, you know what, I'm going to start a spiritual discipline in my life. Now, you remember we talked about that in, uh, in, in, uh, in contentment, that contentment demands spiritual disciplines. And I, I can't tell you what to do. Uh, you know, that's between you and God. But how many of y'all know it's January, right? Can I give an amen? How many of y'all know we're going to look up and it'll be Revelation Wall time, Thelma? It's going to be here. And how many of y'all would say this, and you would be honest about this, last year went by just like that? Guess what? 2018 is going to do the same thing. And there's a lot of people that started off in 2017 saying things like this, I want to, I want to get closer to God, but they never did. They, they never started reading their Bible. They never started really praying. They never started really fasting. What would be wrong with you right now to say to God, God, it's January. And with your help, with your help, I would like to ask you, Father, to help me every month uh, to at least put down three days in my month to fast and to seek after you. That I'm going to make this a spiritual discipline in my life, not just because Brother Jackie told us to go on a spiritual fast for 21 days. But God, I'm going to take it all through the year. And this year, Father, I'm going to devote my life to develop three things. Now write this down. Write this down. I'm not done with y'all. Y'all put your pencils up way too quick. I want you to think about this. Now you need to pray about this before you do it. But I would ask you to 
to think about doing three things in your life in this year. The first thing that I would ask you to do is to have a daily Bible reading time. A daily Bible reading time where you have the intake of the Word of God. That you say, Lord, in this year I'm going to get up early or whatever you do, or I'm going to spend my, some of my lunch time uh, reading the Bible. Now, I get what a lot of you do. And, and guys, I'm not bashing you for this. I'm really not. A lot of y'all have these devotions that come in on your phones. How many of y'all have that? Can I see your hand? I, I got them too. And, and I appreciate those. I really do. But there's just something different to me about picking this up. There's just something different to me about that that I'm able to hold the Bible in my hand and I'm able to say, God, today I'm going to read your word. And I, want to, I, know you got, I know you got all that social media stuff going on and that's good and thank God for that. But I challenge you to say to the Father, Father, this year, I'm going to open your word and every day I'm going to read your word. I'm going to make that a spiritual discipline in my life. I challenge you to do that. Secondly, write this down. I challenge you to have a daily prayer time. A daily prayer time that you spend time in prayer, whether, whenever that may be. A time where you get before your Father and talk to Him. And you do that every day. You, you have a time where you read your Bible and you have a time where you pray. And thirdly, I would challenge you to consider fasting three days a month. Just saying, God, this year, I'm going to devote three days out of a month to fast and seek after you. That I'm going to say, Father, this year, I want to start this year off differently than I've ever did in my life. I'm going to devote time every day to read your word. I'm going to devote time every day to pray. And every month... I'm going to devote three days out of the month to fast and seek you. Just to seek after you. How many of you believe that if you did that this year, that your spirit man would grow? Can I get an amen? That your life would be enriched because you did that? So tonight, I just want to ask you tonight, if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you never invited Jesus in your heart. I would love to give you the opportunity to do that. I know we've been talking about fasting. But you know what? Fasting to a lost person doesn't mean a lot. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, it's not, it's not about fasting. It's about eternity for you. And I would love to invite you to give your heart to Christ tonight. To say to Him, Lord, I want you to come into my heart and into my life. Tonight, if you're here and... You don't have a church home. We'd love to invite you to consider becoming a member of Eden Westside. I think it's a great church. And I would love for you to be a member here if you're not a member of a church somewhere. If you're here tonight, and what are those three things that I told you you should consider doing this year? Shout them out to me. A daily time reading my Bible. Daily prayer. Fasting every month for three days. If you would be willing to do that and you need God's help with that, why wouldn't you come to the altar and say, Lord, I'm going to make that commitment to you. That tonight I'm going to commit 
And I need your help to do that this year. So in a moment, we're going to give an invitation. Our minister is going to come, and we'd love for you to come and be a part of this special time, fasting and praying in a spiritual church. So tonight, would you stand with me all over this place? And as we stand together and as we sing, Brother Randy, our ministers are going to come, and they would pray with you if you'd like. If you'd like to come to the altar and pray, why don't you do that right now? I'm going to kneel and pray too. Would you do that with me?